All right, episode number two of the Soccer Injury Prevention Podcast. I am Jason Bells, owner-operator of A Greater You Performance here in Lenexa. I am sitting across from Brett Shriver, physical therapist at Empower Physical Therapy in Prairie Village, Kansas. And we are going to kind of go along the lines of what we did in episode number one where I pretty much interviewed Brett trying to pull out, you know, why why he got into PT, what drives him, what he's doing now in his practice and kind of the goals where he wants to go with treating, who he's treating. And so Brett's going to do the same, right? He's going to turn around, ask me some questions, maybe get some stuff out of me that I, I haven't thought about sharing before. And we are going to do this all in 30 minutes or less um so brett you ready to get this party started oh yeah let's get it rolling let's do it all right so we're here to interview jason today jason so we know you've gotten into fitness we know you're training all the athletes all the soccer players specifically give us a little background of not necessarily how you got into fitness but how did you get into opening a greater you agy how did this come about yeah man so i started to get the entrepreneurial itch in a former life. So I used to work in the restaurant industry and right before the economic collapse, I was kind of at a point in the restaurant industry that was like, man, I would love to have this wine bar in this part of town um, where there was nothing like adult. I was getting close to my 30s, right? Upwards of uh, 30, 31, 32 when that happened. And it's just like, man, there's no place within a couple miles of me to go have an adult conversation. If I want to go to a college bar, great. Like I could go do that in 20 places, right? So I started to have that niche. I started to think about what would opening my own thing look like, right? Then the economy collapsed. I made my way out of the restaurant industry. And so when I kind of took that shift into fitness as a profession, like my number one goal was I'm going to own something. So whether it be an economic collapse or poor business decisions that led to some of the restaurants I worked at closing, like I wanted to be in charge of the failure. Whatever was gonna (laughs) cause, if it was gonna fail, I wanted it, my next career path was gonna be on me. I I never wanted to work at a gym where somebody's like, yeah, we're we're close because of poor decisions. So um, AGY is a, just opening a gym that's where it came from nice awesome yeah i know that's uh i didn't realize i knew you worked in the restaurant industry but i knew that didn't realize that's kind of what led to the owning your own thing which is awesome right because you're being able to take that on yourself to have that pride in what you're doing that's awesome um okay so you've been training a lot of different people i know you've got a lot of adults coming in you've got some other athletes coming in you've got all skill levels in here how initially did you end up working with all of the soccer players how did you get into soccer did you have a background playing soccer growing up how, how did that come about so like 30 years ago i played as competitively as you could in small town central iowa right like we played, I felt like we were really good. Um, and, and I loved, I loved the sport, but my super tiny town 
didn't have soccer. So we were driving, uh, I think it was like 30 minutes, 20 miles, 15 miles, something like that to another bigger small town that actually had a soccer program. And so when it came to seventh grade, which in Iowa at that time, that's when you could start playing football. So it was play football with my friends or find a way to continue to play soccer at a different school that was actually like a rival in baseball, which was actually like my bigger sport. So I just chose to play football. That didn't last very long. <laughs> it, was, it was a poor choice. I Going back, I would have been like, little dude, figure out a way to play soccer because I was good at it. And then now obviously with where I'm at. So yes, I have a knowledge of the game, but then how I got into training, who I train now is once I, I got into fitness, I made that shift from the restaurants, right? I was working at this big box gym locally where one of the local like high school studs, um, he went out to university of San Diego, came back sporting drafted him in the, um, I think it's called the supplemental draft or something. Oh, he yeah, was drafted. Yeah. So his mom worked at that gym for, I mean, I think since the day it was open. So I had heard of him and then I saw him in the gym one day, he was in a walking boot. I knew he should be in season. And so I was just kind of like, man, what happened? And that's how kind of our relationship started. And then I think it was like two years later when I was transitioning out of that gym into opening up our first location that he reached out to me. And it's really funny because he reached out. I knew that he taught like one-on-one -on -one skill sessions, right? So he reached out, he's like, hey man, I know you're opening a space. Can athletes train there? And I wasn't training any athletes. I was all gen pop at that point. And so I thought he was inquiring because he wanted to train soccer players at my gym. Like he wanted to basically work out of my gym. And so I was like, yeah, totally. Hit me up in the off season when you get back from Oklahoma City. And he did. And so we are having two different conversations within one conversation. I'm totally thinking we're having a conversation about basically him either renting space or me hiring him on as staff. And he's asking me if I'm gonna train him. And halfway through I'm like, wait, what are we doing? Like, are you actually asking me to work with you? And he's like, yeah, man. Like, oh, okay. And then from that point, my life started taking another direction. Um, and then, you know, Christian enjoyed working with us and immediately basically asked his best buddy locally to jump in with us, which then led to the next athlete and then the next, and now, you know, from five years ago, training three MLS athletes, I think we've got, um, I think that we just picked up another one this week. So I think we're up to 12 MLS athletes that we've worked with. And now we've trained three uh, ladies in the NWSL and love that to death. Like that's my real passion right there. That's awesome. It's kind of funny to, to figure out how just randomly things can happen like that, you know, and can really just alter your life, you mm -hmm. know, and it's funny when it happens in two different conversations, 
and then it still accidentally happens right, right? And it's just kind of that's it's just funny how things just feel like they work the way they're supposed to a lot of times with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that's awesome um so i kind of want to dive more into that here in just a second but because i got some i've been thinking about this for like since last week when we did this yeah. uh, so i've been excited to ask some of these questions for, to you um so i have been here when you're training your athletes your soccer players um both professionally and collegially i see what you're doing you and i talk about this all the time on how are you training them what are you doing what are you focusing on so how does your training differ from then going to a gym or what our athletes make when they go strength conditioning at the university what's the difference tell me how what you're doing specifically with your training differs than what they're probably doing between strength and conditioning and performance wow that's a big question sorry the big loaded question for it me. is so so i think the level at which i like to nerd out about movement is different like i my goal is to make sure that every athlete understands how their body should be moving like not just moving it right so a couple instances right now we've got the new pro team coming to town right and we've got a couple girls that want to try out they're going to try out and we've got one girl we're, we're working through hurdles right it's our our movement prep our performance work our plyo work in the beginning and i think most coaches would look at her and be like, yeah, she's getting over the hurdles. She's fast. Great. Excellent. You did it. Let's move on. But when I see it, I don't see you're doing it fast. I see you're doing it out of control. You are not controlling this movement. You are creating momentum and then you are just along for the ride. Wherever your body goes after that, you're just along for the ride. And to stop her and be like, hey, you need to slow down and control your movement because you're too wild. And the look on her face of like, what? Like, what do you mean? Nobody's ever told me that, right? And that's like the second time I've had a conversation with an athlete at that level of like, hey, you think you're doing this great, right? You think a thousand miles an hour is great until you have to stop that 1,000 mile an hour moving machine and you have no control over it that's when injuries happen, right? That's when we have these these collisions that could be avoided, but we've got one or two athletes that don't understand how to control themselves, right? So I will come at it from that end of looking like, are you owning this movement, whether it's a squat or it's a plyometric, right? And so I think that's where my big difference is, is I want to make you fully aware of your body like that's the foundation in my opinion of both performance high performance and injury prevention if you don't know how to move your body where your body's at in space how to control it you're you're leaving yourself more susceptible to injury at that point and then another story that kind of leads me to believe that that's a big difference is uh working through we had like 16 girls come back bunch of girls i've never worked with i've worked with two of the 16 really cold day a coach asked me to come out and 
work them through some um, prep work to get them warm because it was so cold. I've got a good relationship with the coach. Um, I want to work with more college athletes, right? So it was an introduction. I was helping him. He was helping me. And I'm running him through the warm up, and obviously I'm coaching, right? Like, hey, you don't move. I see that you don't move well. I know I don't know you, but we're trying to on the fly teach them, hey, do this thing because you're moving poorly. So we, we get through it. I only have about 15 minutes with them. I could have spent an hour doing what I was doing with them. And I get done and I'm like, yo, how, how did that go? What'd you see from your side? Because this you know, might be a potential avenue of where I wanna go, right? Do I wanna get, do I wanna stay private sector? Do I wanna go into team sports? I don't know. So I was just wanting to get the feedback and their feedback was like, next time maybe don't, maybe don't, maybe don't coach so much. I was like, ah, oh, is that is that how the team sports go where all you're looking for is an elevated heart rate and movement, whether it's right, wrong, good, bad, just just sir, fitness guy, performance director, just get him to me. Like just have a move, don't teach me anything, get him to me. Like if that's how if that's how colleges are running, if that's how pro teams are running, like it broke my heart to be like, dude, I love you, man, but don't don't coach so much. They're they're college kids, like just get them to me. Ugh. So I think that's where I differ. Long, long story uh, to get to your answer, I think. No, I think that was perfect. Um, I think that kind of leads into a couple other things that I was gonna ask you about that we, you and I, again, have talked about before but it does break your heart when you're nerding out, you're you get and you get excited about it, right? Like when I'm with my patients and we start going over stuff, especially with the athletes, uh, with one of my soccer players actually right now that we're working on, she has all kinds of motion, right? But she has very little stability. And as soon as she can do things, but she does them fast. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I tell her to slow down, she just gets that look on her face, eyes roll in the back of her head. Oh, are you kidding me? This is, I can't do this slower. It's easier, yeah. faster. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's easy, faster because you can't control it. Yeah. Because you're spending less time trying to stabilize yourself. Mm -hmm. So, I, but I think that's huge. I think it's huge for the athletes to know, hey, listen, like that whole thing we talked about last week, listen to your body. If it's harder for you to do things slower, probably a reason why it's harder to do things slower. Yeah. You would think it'd be easier because mm -hmm. you're not doing it as fast. Yeah. Um, you made a great point too about the coaches just saying, hey, less coaching, just get them to me. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about too with your with your the way you're doing stuff here is you and I have talked about before when you get somebody coming in the door and you're training them and they go through a killer workout, right? But they may not be sweating at the very end. And they'll, they'll probably sweat, but Say it's a cold day mm -hmm. and they get done. They're not drenched in sweat. There's, but they've worked hard. Their muscles are burning. They're fatigued. You know it. Mm -hmm. I know it. They know it. Mm -hmm. But mom and dad or whoever's picking them up yeah. may not know it. And we've talked about this before and it cracks me up because I'm 100% on the same page as you. But, you know, just because they're not drenched in sweat doesn't mean they didn't do something for themselves that day. Yeah. Kind of take me through for you how that goes because I know you and I have talked about that before. Yeah, man. Like it there are so many places that will just they're in the business of like fitness babysitting 
where they just want 10, 20, 30 kids in the space and they're gonna run them through ladder drills and hurdle drills and they're gonna have them push and pull sleds and all their goal is like, let's get them tired, sweaty and back out to the car, right? Because we're gonna do these things that are just very general umbrella movements of we're all gonna jump, but I'm never gonna like, I don't have the time since I'm looking at 20 athletes to tell sis in the corner like, yo, you don't jump well. Like you're very unsafe when you do this, but in fitness babysitting, they, they can't break it down, right? My, I look at my job is I'm here to get you better, not sweaty, right? I need to make you move better, whether it's moving, understanding movement better, where it's a mobility, well, a stability into a mobility issue, right? Or it's creating stability. If we're good there, then it's loading a movement to get them to understand how to move load. But again, they can't do it fast and out of control, right? We might have to slow it down. So it's not going to be as intense. It's not going to drive that heart rate or the person's like sweat reflex of what's going on. Right. And when I'm looking at performance, if I get you as an athlete or I get your athlete tired, but I'm trying to make performance adjustments, when they get fatigued, they're gonna fall back into the postures or movement patterns that they are used to. They're not gonna lock in the proper movement patterns because they're fatigued, right? So I need to keep them under that aerobic threshold so that they can focus on movement pattern sequencing, firing, and not, oh my God, I'm gonna die. This is so hard, like my, I'm out of breath, right? And so what I will tell parents, athletes, coaches, right? Like I can make them run around this building twice when they're done to get them out of breath and sweaty, but that doesn't make them a better athlete. That just makes them tired. Um, so that's what I always would hope to get across in what we do is like, what I do is try to get your athlete better, not sweating out of breath. And coming from, from my end of things, of you knowing how you do that, it makes me so happy and just, I just can't give you enough praise on that because of doing that. And I think people don't understand a lot of times is the most often times, unless it's some kind of free contact injury, the most often times people usually get hurt and the injury occurs is when they're fatigued. And if, you know, we talked about if they don't have that stability and they're already fatigued in the middle of the game, not even at the end of the game, now you're already at the point where injury could really happen and then you get towards the end of the game and every minute you go farther into that game, you're more likely to have an injury, right? Because you're already fatigued, you have no way to control your body and if you can't control your body, you can't slow down, maybe the collision does happen at that point. Mm -hmm. There's so many variables that could occur that just make that happen. Um, and last week you kind of told, we, you kind of talked about how when we met, how that kind of changed things for you and I can't say that I have to say the same thing and change things for me. It makes me so excited to know that there are trainers out there who and who are focusing on performance and not just the, all right, let's get you tired. Let's push more weight. Let's get it. Let's get you stronger when strength isn't always about pushing more weight mm -hmm. and it's not always about doing more and more reps. It's about that control. 
um, I've had a few of your athletes come in the door uh, when we're working on different things that they've got some um, pains and stuff going on. So we, you know, get them, get them treated to get them back to you. And what I love hearing pretty much every single one walks in the door and they're just like, it's so different. I'm like, yeah, it is different. It's supposed to be different, right? You're supposed to be training different. You're not trying to go into a physique contest here. It's not just lift more weights for 10 to 12 reps and then you're done. Um, and we'll get other ones that come in the door. And I've got one specifically right now. And, you know, he'll come in and he just goes, man, I just feel so good after. I feel like I could go play for days um, because he's like, my performance is way better. He goes, and when I'm done, like I know before, like when I leave and I go back to go play at school, I feel so light on my feet. I just feel so light. I feel like I have so much more power. I feel like I can do so much more. And to just be on the other end, to hear it coming from those athletes that you've been working with, that you've been working with for who knows how long. I mean, yeah. longer than I've known you. Yeah. And to listen to the, them say that, it makes me so excited to know that there is, there's people out there who do care about that stuff and who love that stuff. and you know, continue to try to learn. I think that's the biggest part. You know, you and I before this had a conversation on, you know, when we were talking about just just general healthcare and surgeons and all that kind of stuff and um, even PTs and trainers of like, it's that wanting to learn more, continue mm -hmm. to learn. Um, that's one thing I really like about you as what you do is, you know, you and I will send each other stuff back and forth all the time, but you're out there always trying to learn. And as I'm sitting here looking at your board, you've got mobility stuff all over the board. I just know that that's one of your passions is to continue to learn and nerd out on that movement and mobility and stability. Um, what are you looking for when you go, or how are you, are you just getting online looking at stuff? Are you, I know you're taking classes. Mm -hmm. What's some of your favorite classes that you've taken and kind of, you know, things you looked at from a, from an education standpoint, because like you said, you know, you, you got from food industry to mm -hmm. training industry. Yeah. What was that path like of, you know, trying to learn all that? But obviously it's a passion, so you continue to learn. Yeah. So, yes, it's passion. But then I think part of it, it's driven by my past, right? Like, I didn't go from high school sports to going and getting my kinesiology degree. And I didn't go to grad school and do this flashy, awesome thing like... I got kicked out of school, man. Like I, I was politely asked not to come back to school, right? So that with starting my life in the restaurant industry before I made this huge shift, right? Like I feel like I'm, I'm playing from behind, right? Like I am, I am Washburn playing against KU, right? And 10 minutes into the game, I'm already down 40. And it's like, ah, me, like, for real, I still have to play the rest of the game, right? So I feel like I'm constantly driven to continue to like fight and claw to get to where I feel like I'm worthy. But then at the same time, like I know I'm worthy and like I could probably stop my education at this point and be perfectly fine, but I don't want to like, I want to continue to pursue excellence. And so like when you say, where am I getting this stuff? Where am I learning? Like the best class I've attended in the past 
five years is my self-injury class healed by you, right? Like that was, I can't, I mean, it probably sounds stupid. Like, oh, these two guys are just sitting there hyping one another. No, like that's the reason why this came together, Mm -hmm. right? Is one of the huge reasons why we're sitting here right now is because I have my passion and then I met you through this circumstance and then my doors were blown off of like, oh my God, like this dude's awesome as a person. Then he's awesome as a PT and we like to nerd out. And so, you know, you taught me so much about my spine. I can assist in taking people down the path until I have to be like, all right, like my, my time on this path stops here. Now you've got to go see Brett the rest of the way down the path. But that's been huge. Um, another uh, non-like gym-related thing was going through a uh, DNS level one certification, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. Um, that was another like just door blown off uh, kind of work getting into and understanding how to how to brace the core for sport, like sport functioning. You know, we I've been explaining it this way to a lot of athletes lately because it hits from because they're like, yeah, I've just been doing this workouts that I found on the internet. Well, the workouts you find out on the internet are for bodybuilders or physique athletes. Uh-huh. They're not for sports performance because this shit isn't sexy. Like it, it, hammering the basics over and over and over again is not sexy. So it's not on the internet. It doesn't live there for people to find. It's buried too far below. Yep. So um, I, I've started to explain that as like our core for sport we need we need to brace and stabilize and our arms and legs need to move powerfully off this stable core and that's where dns like really gave me some tools to better explain that um and then it's just continuing to like as much as i hate social media i love social media because social media has allowed me to uh, learn from lee taft it's allowed me to learn from Michael Boyle. It's allowed me to learn from John Russin, like all of these like super knowledgeable coaches in the space. And so I get to find them on social media, soak up all of that knowledge that they're sharing for free. But then it's like, oh yeah. Also Mike Boyle has like one of the best like functional strength books ever written. So then I, then I read his book and then I did have to pump the brakes on my learning. Like I wanted to go through a certification, but then I was like, you know what? It's time for me to also start pushing my staff to educate more. So I was like, Brady, you're gonna do the certification and then you're going to teach me from that certification, right? So now he's kind of being pushed in the direction that I've always gone of where we're chasing more knowledge because I would go through that certification and be like, yeah, like I pretty much knew all of that but he's still young enough that there's going to be some aha moments. Um, and then he's going to bring back and share with us. So yeah, that's kind of where I've gone. And then I'm doing the Exos, uh, sports performance certification right now. Something, you know, that once you get your certification, you don't need to do something big like that anymore. But like you, it's like, well, I did my NASM certification 10 years ago now, like, let's take another big certification start to finish and see 
see what's different. Let's see yeah. what they're putting into this one. So that's what I'm doing right now nice. on my spare time is going through just another big long that's certification awesome. and seeing what's in there that's new. That's awesome. Yeah, I know it's it's one of those things that you kind of go back a few years later and again, so much has changed in such a short amount of time, even you know three or four years. And I do the same thing. I follow different PTs on social media that I, it's like Kevin Wilk um, is a big time PT, deals with a lot of professional athletes. I follow his stuff all the time. And I think it's one of those things that that saying of iron sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron is very true, right? Mm -hmm. You know, from you to me when we're doing that stuff to following those guys on social media and just picking like and seeing what they're doing. And that gives us ideas and stimulates our brain too. Um, yeah, I think that's awesome. It was, that was really cool. Um, okay, I had a couple other questions, but not a big deal because I think you summed up a lot of those in the questions I asked earlier. I know we're getting towards the end of our time here. Um, one big thing uh, that I think is just awesome to know is that you just train people differently, which is awesome. You talked about, you know, it's not the physique bodybuilding training. There is a difference between performance to get better as an athlete versus just trying to look good for mm -hmm. social media or look good in your uniform because there's a difference. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And I, uh, I think you are the best. Not, you know, you're not, I don't think you're Washburn playing KU anymore. I think, you know, you're the poorest state coming in, beating KU in their own house kind of deal when they did that a few years ago. I mean, not even that. I mean, you're definitely top of the top of the top. You're the best trainer I've ever worked with. Um, and loved hearing your story. What brought you to train the, especially a lot of soccer players and just I just know firsthand from talking with them how much different you train them and what performance really does look like in the training world compared to what we probably think of on the internet or what we see going into the gym. So I just wanted you to know that. Appreciate um, it, man. So, yeah. So that's a wrap for episode two. Uh, thank you for listening to the Soccer Injury Prevention Podcast. And we will see you next week. Yes. Six seconds to spare. Later.